This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Interesting stuff, obviously, that happened over the weekend as uh, Trey Lance uh, was traded away from San Francisco. It has to be one of the biggest, um, I don't know, front office mistakes in NFL history. Yeah. Trading up, spending a top five pick, top three pick uh, to go get Trey Lance. And then uh, really, I don't want to say they didn't give him a chance, but... It kind of sort of didn't give him a chance, you know what I'm saying? Got traded away uh, to Dallas for a fourth rounder. But uh, really interesting because, you know, again, not only because of the draft capital that was invested in him, but because of the seventh round rookie in Brock Purdy that then stepped up and gave this team a little bit of a lift. Okay, so our guy Derek Klassen then goes through and charts Brock Purdy. And the findings, Matt Harmon, uninspiring. Um, that I would say is probably the nicest way uh, to put what we found in, in terms of the numbers for Brock. So I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm interested to, to to get your takeaways after reading that Brock Purdy profile. Well, first of all, just kind of like Trey Lance postmortem for the San Francisco yeah. 49ers. Um, yeah, it has to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, like draft day trade up failures really of, of all time. Like it's got to be one of the oh, worst. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I wouldn't say they never gave him a chance. It was also just like, I think everything that could go wrong for Lance did go wrong. Like this was already right. a guy that, you know, had so little actual time spending, spent playing and passing at the quarterback position coming into the NFL, right. um, you know, and they want him to sit a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And, and then, you know, Garoppolo you know, he, he holds the job for that entire season. Yep. I, I think that was sort of a, you know, maybe a missed opportunity that they didn't get to, to, you know, transition to Trey Lance there. Like maybe they should have, like he has that one pretty good start against Houston Texans in, um, in 2021. Maybe that was the time to sort of just make the move yep. anyways. I know Shanahan had said he wanted to kind of do that anyways, but you know, then they start winning games. You keep the veteran out there. Uh, then, you know, last year we, we barely see him play one game in like a monsoon. The other game he gets hurt in the middle of it. And we, and we never see the guy again. Like the injury right, is the exactly. unfortunate thing, but Right. I don't. I do think that this was a failure by Kyle Shanahan, and you know he said as much, um, talking about this move after the fact that he really feels like he failed Trey Lance, and I think that that is, that is what happened here it was a failure to develop the player. I will say, you know, and this is what makes the Brock Purdy thing so interesting. I think if they don't have that stretch with Brock Purdy at the end of last year, Trey Lance mm-hmm. is number one still on this roster, and yeah. number two, if like almost regard no, nothing really that happens with Trey Lance right now matters, right? Because he's not going to see the field in Dallas, you know. He's for no. a, a, prob- maybe ever, right? He might he probably might never suit up in a regular season game for the Dallas Cowboys. That's on the on the table here. But I think if Purdy doesn't work out, we're going to be having this conversation about wow, they really effed up this Trey Lance thing. Wow, they really maybe didn't give him a chance, but they certainly mismanaged the situation. Now, right. if he doesn't, if he does work out, we aren't have like I don't think. I think people will 
hold their feet to the fire about Trey Lance, but really at the end of the day, they'll win games and nobody will care if Brock Purdy ends up working out. Like they'll have fallen ass backwards into a solution here at the position. So this brings us to the Purdy stuff here. And and I mean, reading to the profile, I'm not a, I wouldn't say uninspiring was the, uh, was sort of the, my big takeaway, I think it was sort of a mixed results, like a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Because for me, when they trade up for Trey Lance, and again, this is some stuff that you know, Kyle Shanahan has talked about when I think it was after like a game against the Bills, maybe in the 2020 season, where you know he sees Josh Allen come in there and like dismantle his team. Like, oh, you know, typically, again, I'm paraphrasing, I'm sort of reading Shanahan's mind. Yeah. Um, look at you know he he's like, all right, I've typically worked with these guys like Kirk Cousins, you know, like Jimmy Garoppolo, where it's just I'm going to tell you, like, here are the lines, color inside the lines. Like, do what I tell you. You know, this is, I'm going to point, this is where you shoot. But, but, you know, then you see these guys like Josh Allen, you see these guys like Patrick Holmes, you see these guys like Lamar Jackson who can create off script and add things, Mm -hmm. take your offense to another level, elevate your offense to another level. And I think that's why they traded up for Trey Lance. And I truly do believe that, like, you know, I don't I don't buy the conspiracy theories that Kyle never really wanted Trey all along. I think maybe he was sort of convinced of this idea in real time. But, again, they don't take – there's just like, this idea that Shanahan never wanted Trey Lance is crazy because they don't take this guy if, if he's not on board with it. So, you know, I, again, I say all this stuff to say that I think once Purdy was in there and they have this great stretch with Purdy, they're kind of back in the, oh, I want the paint by numbers guy, right? I want the, uh, I want the guy who just t- color inside the lines – yeah. And I, I read I read Purdy's profile, and that's kind of uh, what I think when I when I read it. I mean, he's accurate over the in the intermediate middle of the field, right? I mean, that is the base area of this offense. He's got a little bit of pop, like an average level pop, maybe throwing deep and outside the numbers, right? Like nine routes, corner routes, out routes are you know relatively within the average of of the mm-hmm. guys that Derek has sampled here. I, I don't know. Again, I I find myself like, yeah, I think. It, I, I think if we're talking about Brock Purdy as the next Tom Brady, which obviously some like major media outlets are are ready and rearing to make that comparison, <laughs> yeah, I think the profile is pretty uninspiring if that's what you think. <laughs> but if you think Tom, like right. Brock Purdy is a guy that we've seen execute the offense and could probably execute this specific offense going forward, then I think like yeah, this is what I expected. Okay, so if Brock Purdy is going to be more of a Brad Johnson type, where he's just a manager of the game, don't mess up too much. Which is, by the way, the funny thing about Jimmy Garoppolo was that like the the guy had a lot of turnovers. He had a lot of backbreaking yeah. turnovers. It's like it was yes. so odd, you know. It didn't make any sense. It's not a good game, man. If she was turning the rock over, like, what are we talking about here? Anyways, uh, Brock Purdy, uh, according to the profile, 88.2% success rate in their intermediate middle of the field, highest in the NFL. And this guy was just an absolute dig route specialist. Uh, what we saw him throw in that dig uh, for that dig route uh, was, was really, really good. Um, and I think Matt, I think it really kind of, you know, again, pairs up nicely with what Brandon Ayuk does, uh, who was also one of the top, you know, dig route runners in the NFL as well. Yeah, same with Debo Samuel, too. I've said that um, Debo Samuel and like Jimmy Garoppolo throwing dig routes against zone coverage, like that is really like, you know, again, we get caught up with the gadgety stuff with Debo Samuel, like all oh, the wide back nonsense, like, oh, let's have 
I really don't want to see Debo Samuel running up the gut at this point anymore. Like it's it's about yeah, enough. Yeah, I that. know, right? Yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could argue, and you could argue, and there's a segment of 49ers fans that will do it that Trey Lance got hurt running up the gut too much. So, like, maybe let's stop having our uh, you know highly paid wide receiver and uh, the quarterback we traded up uh, everything on God's green earth for to go to number three overall. Maybe let's stop having those guys run up the gut. But regardless, uh, I don't need to be seeing that stuff with Debo Samuel because the thing with Debo is that he is a good. A rece- like a receiver on these like dig routes, right? Like, and and I think that lines up with Purdy. And yeah, we've detailed with Brandon Ayuk, like the development of Brandon Ayuk against man coverage, running those dig routes. And actually, when you look at it, I know um, like Scott Barrett and Graham Barfield, who work for Fantasy Points, have I've seen them both point this out on Twitter that when you look at the splits of against heavy man defenses, Ayuk goes off against heavy zone defenses, Debo Samuel goes off. And I think that makes sense based on the reception perception data and just where these guys run routes. So I think the fact that you do have two great players working over the middle of the field, it's pretty important uh, for this Brock Purdy profile to see him this good on dig routes because that's the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff. Like that is where Jimmy, God bless him, was really, you know – Sometimes he didn't do. Sometimes it didn't go well for him, right? Those are dangerous throws to rifle in over the middle of the field. Sure That's why you be, saw yeah. J- Jimmy get picked off a ton by linebackers and stuff like that, hawking that middle of the field. I think though, and you know, obviously we don't have a profile on Jimmy Garoppolo, and like I'm not about to ask Derek, like, yeah, please get me a Jimmy Garoppolo profile. <laughs> but some of these, some of these right. results again, like in the outside the numbers on the ten plus yard, the twenty plus yard. Uh, some of these 20-plus yard throws generally are a little bit more encouraging than the short numbers for Brock Purdy is, I think, that what shows that what he added onto Jimmy Garoppolo, which was an ability to push the ball down the field and create a little bit more deep and outside the numbers. That does make sense for elevating a guy specifically like Brandon Ayuku we care about. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So it's interesting. Brock Purdy, again, in that intermediate middle was great. Um, And in the 11, just in general, in that 11 to 15 yard range, he was the second best in terms of success rate, 85% success rate in that 11 to 15 yard range. That was the second best among charted quarterbacks. So that's really good. Okay, now this is where it gets really, really bad. 27% success rate on tight window throws. That was easily easily the worst in the NFL. Derek Klassen noted that uh, it was just a combination of a lack of arm talent, but also a lack of touch, Matt Harmon. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he pointed to other guys like Tua Tungavailoa, uh, Joe, Joe Burrow, who's, I think he's got average arm strength, so, you know, maybe not fair to put him in this group, but certainly uh, he doesn't have like a cannon of an arm, right? But he points to those two guys, Tua and Burrow, and says, hey, listen, these are lighter armed quarterbacks, but they've got great touch, uh, and that's how they're able to squeeze in some of these passes in that tight window area. Brock Purdy lacking both the velocity and the touch, that could be a little bit of a problem. Yep, I think that is definitely an area, the touch part of it, where he's going to have to get better because uh, the velocity, right? I mean, he can you can increase arm strength, I think, you, but overall arm talent, like maybe not right. so much. I think we're really hoping that Brock Purdy becomes – 
like Kirk Cousins, right? Uh, and and I've said yeah, on this show, I've said on for uh, sure. a lot of the last few uh, last few months that like the weirdest thing that's happened to me this offseason is I've become a little bit Kirk pilled. Uh, by by the way, Derek's <laughs> profile did a little bit of that work, right? For sure. Um, but you know, obviously, I think Kirk is having his best seasons right now into his thirties because he's seen everything. Like. Yeah. I think, the, and Derek mentioned this too, some of the pre-snap stuff with Brock Purdy was a little bit discouraging, which makes mm-hmm. sense because he's a rookie quarterback. You know, even if yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. a seventh round pick, it doesn't even matter. He's a he's a rookie quarterback. He hasn't seen it all yet, right? He hasn't seen, right. um, all you know, everything that you'd, you'd want. So I think that as Purdy gets experience can be more, uh, can, can be a better part of his game. Like, again, we've seen that with Kirk, even Jared Goff is a great example, right? Like Jared Goff, um, he's, he's, be- I think Jared Goff's better now than he was in the early, even in the early part of the Rams days when he was yeah. having some of his best statistical results because he's just seen more and he's played more. And I think that's, you know, the argument of what's gone wrong with Trey Lance is he's never, pl- he's never played. We have no idea who right. he is. Purdy, I think like, as he gets more experience, maybe that catches up a little bit too. And that can offset some of the lack of velocity, but I agree. The touch part is definitely something that needs to improve. Um, you mentioned the short area stuff, the quick game stuff for Brock Purdy worst among charted quarterbacks in the one to five yard range. That's not good. 68% success rate. Um, in that short area, that one to five yard range, 68%. The next lowest, Matt, was 77%. So that kind of gives you an idea of, of like where this the holes are in this guy's game. Okay, because he's not going to fire it in into tight windows. And in that quick game, which by the way, that's just such a staple in the NFL. You got to get that quick game going, um, especially nowadays. Maybe maybe not so much with Christian McCaffrey. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he will kind of be a Band-Aid. Uh, in that range, but still though, 68% success rate with the next lowest being 77%. That's really bad. And then Matt, in that 16 to 20 yard range, by far the lowest 20% uh, success rate in that 16 to 20 yard range, Desmond Ritter, who I don't think anyone was like, oh, Desmond Ritter had a great season. Desmond Ritter was the next lowest charted quarterback at 33%. So clearly some, not just holes in in Purdy's game, but gaping, I mean, just like, oh my God, holes uh, in his game, according to the sample. Yeah, and again, I think some of that from a quick game perspective can um, can be traced back to the pre-snap stuff, right, that we've been, we're talking about here. Uh, right. that, that, that that's something that he has to get better at. He has to see more. He has to just become a little more comfortable. Um, you know, this is a guy that barely like barely got any ramp up time to be the starter. I think McCaffrey though, and this is why, um, you know, it's funny as we're talking about running back contract stuff and, and that's a big news point all off season. Nobody's like, yeah, by the way, like Christian McCaffrey, woof that, that, there are some people that when they want to paint a narrative like yeah well the Panthers gave Chris McCaffrey all that money and then he and and they traded him like see running back contracts are bad yeah he just also by the way went to another team and literally like literally lifted the offense to the stratosphere right I think having a transformative like we talk about receivers a ton on this show right we're we talked about Ayuk and Debo and and these guys are total dogs and you know uh, obviously you know, same thing there in uh, same thing, of course, there with with George Kittle, who's a great tight end. But right. McCaffrey really has become like the straw that stirs the drink here. And I think having him around, you know, having him be a part of this uh, 
like, okay, this this guy's maybe not great. Brock Purdy's not great at working quick game. Well, he still can run these, and Derek again noticed, noted this too, like can run like option routes and check down stuff to Christian McCaffrey, who he's just unlike any other player in the NFL. Um, you right. know, shout, shout out to me, James. I do remember uh, <laughs> talking uh, to, to, <laughs> shout out to, shout out to me. I remember doing a, uh, a mock draft back at the NFL Fantasy Live yeah. days, uh-huh. and I said like, Christian McCaffrey is going to be a transformative talent in the NFL. And uh, our buddy Maurice Jones Drew is like a lot of a lot of players in the NFL for you to be calling this guy a transformative talent. I mean, he he might literally be the most transformative talent in the entire NFL based on what he did with the 49ers so offense funny. last year. So not only are we uh, talking about what he does well, and obviously the supporting cast, there's probably the best in the NFL, but just the fact that, again, there are these huge holes in his game. And we've also seen rookie quarterbacks, you know, again, who are not that talented, who don't take a step forward, then take a step back. Why? Because defensive coordinators are very smart. <laughs> they, they've mm-hmm. broken down the film. They know exactly what you want to do, and they try to take that away. The problem with Purdy's profile, in my mind, is that he's so hyper-specifically good in one area that if you were to able to take that away, okay, now what? What is your counterpunch to their counter? Right. I don't know reading that profile. I don't know if Brock Purdy's got that counterpunch. Now he could certainly develop, Matt. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. But I, I just don't know if he's got the physicality to do that. Right. So I'm of this mindset. Brock Purdy could uh, absolutely develop as a player and, and be an, uh, a, a reliable, you know, I don't know, mid tier starter for the yeah. San Francisco 49ers. But there is a non-zero percent chance we see Sam Darnold this year. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think if Purdy struggles, and again, they're not invested in this dude. He's a seventh-round pick. Who cares about Brock Purdy? Sam Darnold could potentially see the field at some point if the Niners need a lift. I, I'm just saying, it's a there's a non-zero percent chance of that happening. Oh, I mean, I think there's a large, maybe not a large number, but there's at least a chunky number of football sickos that, for the sake of mere curiosity want yes. to see Sam Darnold <laughs> as the I'm quarterback for this team. <laughs> I'm yeah. in that group. I'm a sicko. Espe- oh, <laughs> especially like Pac-12 freaks like you, you know, I mean, yes. I'm sure, yes. I'm sure, yes. you, you know, you, I don't know how you thought about Darnold coming into the NFL, but you know, people that there remain like weirdly Sam Darnold hive has not really waved the white flag on a guy that, no. you know, um, has been one of the least efficient passers to ever play in the NFL uh, from a statistical perspective. Uh, Even, even some folks will take solace at the end of last year when the, the Panthers had a really good run game. Ironically, after they traded Chris McCaffrey, they had a really good run game. They had a good defense and a good offensive line at the end of last year. And Darnold, if you look at like from an EPA per dropback perspective or a adjusted yards per attempt perspective, he was like a top five quarterback in those metrics. <laughs> now, then he has then he has this game, the final game of the year, which the Panthers right. are already eliminated from postseason contention. But you know, he he has the final game of the year where he uh, you know pukes all over his shoes against the Saints. Oh, for sure. So that did drag the numbers down. <laughs> those will always be there for Sam Darnold. But yeah, no, there's a there's a large chunk of people that purely from a curiosity perspective, an experiment, like why not? Let's see it. Want to see Sam Darnold who is obviously talented enough that all these people really liked him. That a team took him in the top three of the draft and nobody Mm -hmm. bad. In fact, people were more pissed at the team ahead of him, the New York giants for taking a running back over Sam Donald. That's how high people thought about him as a prop. People thought he should have gone number one ahead of uh, Baker Mayfield to the Cleveland Browns. He was a very good prospect. And Mm -hmm. we just want to see like, can Kyle Shanahan's offense 
with who, who Shanahan is as an offensive designer and play caller combined with this amount of weapons we want to see can 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 anybody can truly anybody I guess except Trey Lance we just never saw it but can anybody succeed in this offense how good can any of these guys be I think the Purdy thing the 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 part where they're playing it a little risky is I sort of disagree that they I think they have to care about Purdy and they have to care about developing him because you know this team also because they're in they're they're in a contract struggle right now with their best defensive player and Nick Bosa um they they have a lot of highly paid guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Kittle's on a big contract, McCaffrey's on a big contract, Debo's on a big contract, Trent Williams on a big contract. Ayuk is coming up in a couple years. Yep. Uh, yep. They have some guys on D- Ward. The cornerback is is on a pretty decent contract. They kind of need like a a rookie quarterback. Like I don't think they that do. Kyle Shanahan gets to go out and like sign Kirk Cousins in free agency to a boatload of money next year. I think they kind of need like a, a, a rookie quarterback on this specific build of this specific team. And again, yeah. I think the, the heat starts to come back to them for the Trey Lance miss if Purdy doesn't work out. So, but the problem is again, to bring it back to the profile and, and what you've been saying that you're just walking like a razor thin margin for error for, with, sure. for even, sure. Even if he, even if he turns out to be, you know, somewhere in the Kirk cousins territory, like that, that pantheon of quarterbacks, you're still like, what if this defense regresses? Do we know defense is volatile? D'Amico Ryan's oh, yeah. left. Oh, yeah. I mean, Steve Wilkes was a good hire, but what if it doesn't gel there? What if Bosa's contract holdout goes into the season? Hey, what if, these guys on offense, this great superpower, super weapon of offensive players deals with injuries. Not as if that would be a strange thing to see with George Kittle, Debo Samuel, or Christian McCaffrey. I used to one guy who's been healthy and he could, I mean, shoot, he could get hurt. Like that's what I'm saying that I guess if all things are being equal and no chaos ensues, I think the 49ers can get away with Brock Purdy as their starter and be totally fine with it. But all things are not equal and chaos always reigns in the NFL. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a morbid curiosity to see what Sam Darnold looks like in a San Francisco uniform uh, under the, the tutelage uh, of Kyle Shanahan. Because I, I, I listen, this is a guy that had to deal with Adam Gase and Matt Rule. Get the hell out of here, bro. Like, give me this guy, Kyle Shanahan. What does he look like? Certainly, he's got a lot more arm talent than Brock Purdy, but does he have it upstairs uh, mentally to get it done at the quarterbacking position? He, to me... I mean, even coming out of USC, how did you not see the similarities between him and Jameis Winston? I mean, they they was very similar, you know, very turnover prone, big arms, trusted their arms a little bit too much, threw it into tight windows uh, when they shouldn't be, threw a lot of like YOLO balls. I, I mean, the, the the cops were absolutely there. Now, Jameis obviously went first overall too, uh, because, you know, there, there's a lot of quarterback gurus out there that think they could solve that. Um, but, you know, again... I, it's fair to say that Sam Darnold has dealt with some of the worst coaching in the NFL, in NFL history. I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 